Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk all about designing and living life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we hang out with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to connect with them and gain insights that provoke our greatest creative breakthroughs. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer, recording engineer, a mixing engineer, a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artist in my own right. And I welcome you to another episode of The Modern Recordist. season you got some big plans uh you've been hitting a bunch of holiday parties at work or with friends i hope you're having plenty of fun in your life uh as i know things can honestly get a little hectic this time of year trying to balance work and parties and shopping for gifts and family time and all that but hey you've always got your podcast right in your pocket on your phone when you need a little time to put your mind somewhere else. So thanks for listening to this one. Uh, we uh, got a good thing going on here, you and I. Uh, you keep on listening to these episodes, and we keep on making them. So uh, this episode runs a bit longer, so I want to make sure that I don't talk too long here on this intro so that there's plenty of time for the rest of the show. So I'm going to go ahead with a direct ask which is to make sure you get subscribed to The Modern Recordist and leave a rating and review, either on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, It's important for us to get as many good and honest ratings and reviews of this show as possible so that it communicates the value to other potential listeners as they discover new podcasts. And it also helps us when approaching potential guests to uh, back up our pitches with some solid evidence that shows why they should make uh, time to make an appearance on The Modern Recordist. And finally, it helps us to know whether or not we're creating a show that continues to deliver valuable ideas and insights about writing, producing, and recording music. So fire up your podcast app of choice, the Apple Podcast app or the Stitcher Podcast app, Search for The Modern Recordist, tap the little subscribe button you will find there, and leave a rating and review. Okay, like I said, this episode runs a little long, but I didn't want to cut off my conversation with our guest because uh, we were discussing a really important issue around the legal aspects of home recording and uh, some of what's going on in Nashville as it concerns all of this. And our guest today found himself in a pretty tight spot in regards to 
his home studio and uh, the Nashville Department of Codes, and it's put a stress on his business. But I do want to make sure that an important aspect of all of this, at least from my perspective, is clear, which is that uh, whatever provoked these legal actions seems a little bit uncertain. In other words, uh, beyond the letter from the Nashville governing body that said he must cease and desist all studio operations out of his home, there uh, isn't really any clear party named or any specific violations cited. And, uh, you know, the complaint was filed anonymously. And outside of, quote, your home studio is illegal, there is no specific violation detail that warrants any legal action, uh, at least from what I understand about all of this. So I don't really want to talk too much about it right now uh, because you're gonna you're about to hear about it in a whole episode. Uh, we do take a little bit of time to jump into it as we spent some time talking about uh, cryptocurrency. So that's a bonus for you on this episode. But in any case, please welcome to the modern recordist, producer, musician, Grammy award-winning engineer owner of the Toy Box Recording Studio in Nashville, Tennessee, and host of the Recording Studio Rockstars podcast, Lidge Shaw. We are in. Right on, dude. Yeah, Lidge, what's up, man? How you doing, John? Doing well, and you? I'm doing great, man. It's a beautiful morning. It's not quite as cold today as it was the other day. Sort of warming up slightly here. Yeah, it's the um, it's the Nashville sort of the season is sort of schizo or or what have you. You know, this time of yeah. year. And I, I did as I always do, and I showed up in a pair of flip flops, and I noticed you came out to uh, yep. greet me at your place here yeah. in a pair of flip flops <laughs> too. So obviously, we're cut from the same yeah, cloth. Yeah, totally, man. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling that. Uh, that we have a lot in common, a lot of the same uh, sort of philosophies on life or whatever. But uh, awesome, dude. You know, um, thanks for coming in. Last sort of is a last minute sort of um, scheduling this and uh, appreciate you making time and being here. And it's great to meet you, man. I, you know, I've been, uh, people have mentioned, I think it's come up because, you know, I've been podcasting for a little while now. I think you've been podcasting for a little while now. Yeah, a couple and of years. The the circle of uh, you know just Nashville music makers and whatnot. I think you've come up, and then uh, you've had a, a few people that I'm friends with on on the show. And so I've been wanting to reach out and and grab some hang time with you, have you on the show. And so here you are, and it's it's great to have you here, man. Well, I appreciated the invite. It was nice to meet you for the first time too. And I enjoyed checking out your show and uh, listening. I was just talking to you about, you know, the intro music and everything yeah, and yeah. asking you how you do it, did it. And you told me you made all the music yourself yeah. on the podcast yeah. intro, which is yeah. cool, man. I like yeah, it. Man. Big synths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's been my thing lately, man. I, I, I got into a place, I started, you know, sort of like guitar is sort of like my main instrument. And uh, I don't know, the last little while, I just, you, you ever find where I'm sure you do, where it's just, you're like, man, I, I don't have any sort of fresh ideas or I've just, I feel like I'm stuck, you know? And so how am I going to creatively break through whatever? So I decided to just abandon the guitar and start experimenting. I didn't really know much about synthesizers, man, you know? And so I just decided to go down this whole path and figure this out and, you know, just, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to just create and figure that out. And I think that worked and yeah, just, you know, I thought 
man, if I'm a music maker, you know, uh, it just makes sense to like make my own podcast music intro and totally. Yeah. That's what I did for my show. Yeah, too. yeah, like, yeah. I actually already had an album that I made of my own instrumental music called uh-huh. um, Skadoosh. Okay, with a exclamation point on the end. Nice. And um, I just went into the studio with a buddy of mine, um, uh, and we a drummer, and and we decided to record songs for fun. And, right. and my thinking at the time was I'd sort of just been introduced to this idea of, you know, like, Hey, you can make instrumental music and, and maybe it's good for licensing or something. Right. Yeah. 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 So I just kind of went in and we made a bunch of little two minute tracks and, and then I never did anything trying to actually place it for licensing. Uh-huh. Um, but then later, this is actually my fourth podcast now, but when I started my first one, I, um, I needed music and I was like, Right. Hey, can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. I, was like, like, I was like, shit, man, I've got, yeah. I've got all this great music. Why don't I just use it for my own podcast? So it was really fun to have a bunch of songs that I could just pull from and use them for, you know, any yeah. intro or yeah, that's like great. segments and stuff. Yeah, man, it's awesome, man. It only makes sense, you know. Uh, um, just you know, we're music makers, and to 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 sort of utilize that opportunity to just like another outlet to create yeah. music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I I've kind of been doing this. I've been doing this thing, um, sort of at the end of the year here, where I've been just like I'm going to come up with a new music idea like every day. And I think oh, when I, I kind of came up with this, the idea was I need to have a little bit sort of like more kind of like bumper music type stuff to choose from for the podcast that I can drop in on different episodes. And so I was like, well, if I just create a new sort of piece, two minute long piece or whatever. Uh, every single day for the next till the end of the year for the next 52 days then on a weekly show i'll have you know 52 little pieces that i can drop in once a week on every I think show that's great that's yeah. great so you just kind of create your own sort of catalog of of sync material so to speak yeah you know? i've had guests on the show that uh were writing a song a day for three, 365 days nice. or um writing producing and recording a song a week yeah, that's intense. Weeks, man. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've been really inspired by that. I haven't done that myself. Obviously recording a podcast episode a week is is my version of that. Right. But um you know, I'm I'm so inspired by those guys doing that that I that I've thought to myself it's like, you know, what what better goal is there as a musician and a recordist? Yeah. You know, it, it, than to just Say I'm going to create a new piece of music every day or right. every week and just like, totally man. make that my mission. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's awesome. You know, I, and and uh, there's so much. I think that there's a lot of um, there's there's such deep sort of nuanced reward from that. I mean, obviously the 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 the, um, the you're creating music. You're being a music creator, yeah. but sort of like these putting these kind of. Um, uh, structure to it kind of or or or, you know and the 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 process of just saying okay well i'm gonna have like a daily practice of this you know i think there's so much in that beyond just simply like you know okay well i I wrote another song or have another song or whatever i think just that practice at least like the last this is the first time i've ever done anything like this you know and uh for me it's it's definitely a i mean it's just shown me that it is a challenge, right? Like when I thought up the idea, I was like, well, yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll come up with like an idea every day, you know? But, um, but, but it has proven to be sort of 
okay, well, it's not quite that easy. Like there, there is sort of a challenge to be able to make good on that every single day, make time for it every single day. Definitely. And then just be able to like, it's what I've found is that it actually has required a certain type of focus from me because normally if you're going to just write a song, I don't know if, if you've sort of experienced this, but like normally if you're just going to write a song, you know, it's kind of like you have sort of, like there's not necessarily any time constraints on it. There's not necessarily any sort of like, it's just, okay, whatever comes to mind, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And you're just like going through ideas or whatever. But when it's like, you know, I have, uh, I have to come up with an idea today, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of other things I need to do today. So like I have a sort of a time constraint. And for me, it's just, it's just been, um, noticing that like, where I've, um, I'm like, well, I need to, I need to kind of focus down on like, make sure that it's like, okay, it's an idea, just get the idea out. And then, you know, let that be that, let it be. It's like, you know what I mean? Kind of like liberate your mind from like, in other words, put your mentality 100% in, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to create and I'm going to not try to qualify anything. And that's actually been that's actually been like a huge challenge for me. You know what I mean? I, I I'm all with you on that. <clears throat> I think there's a huge advantage in setting time boundaries on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, I feel like the biggest obstacle to creating is the self edit. It's that little devil on your shoulder that tells you that that idea that you just came up with sucks. Mm-hmm. And why in hell would you want to? Would anybody want to listen to that? That's stupid, right? right? That's the biggest obstacle that I run into. Uh huh. And the beauty about setting a time constraint on yourself, like, you know, if you're going to make a song every day, most likely you don't have all day to make the song because most likely you got other things you got to do that right. day too. Yeah, yeah. Which means that realistically, you're narrowing it down to like, you're lucky if you can find an hour a day to do that. In yeah. fact, if you could find a full hour a day to focus on creating and recording that song, that would probably be, you know, you'd be pretty magnificent yeah. in your, your self regiment, you know, right. and structure and stuff. Yeah. So you, it's probably more like, you know, 15 minutes to half an hour. Like, right. like how much time could you find to meditate regularly? Right. Yeah. So that means like now you've got this tiny bit of time. You got to create something. The very first thing that has to go is that little devil on your shoulder. Right. This is like, there's not even any room for it. You just got to like do an idea, put it out there. You're just trying to get something done yeah. and created, which is wonderful. All of a sudden, you, you know, like frees up all this opportunity because the truth is like we're, we're um, you know, if you're even listening to this podcast, you're probably creative and you probably care about creating, mm-hmm. which means you probably have a creative mind already. And you probably have like no shortage of ideas. You totally. Know? Right. It's just that these other things like the little devil on your shoulder um, I keep thinking of Animal House, you know, like that's, I grew up right. on that movie. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah, the, like, yeah. the devil and the angel right. trying yeah. to tell you what to yeah. do. Yeah. But like, you know, that's the thing that shuts down every idea. But, um, you know, if you can just like let ideas come and, you know, you borrow, you know, you're running out, you've already, you already did a dubstep idea last yeah, week. Right. So what are you going to do this, you know, this week? It's like, well, I just heard something else cool. I'm going to try something along that right. line. Yeah. Um, and you'd be creative. But, um, you know, I wanted to, I want to talk about something else too, because I think one of the questions that comes with creating a lot of stuff is what are you going to do with it? Uh Uh-huh. So what's, what's your first thought when you think of recording a song a day or, um, are you thinking about just writing the song a day or are you recording and producing a song a week? You know? 
For me, uh, what I've been doing is just simply, I just want to come up with, with an idea, you know, so that could be more or less as like a melody, you know, some sort of playing around with like melody and maybe a little bit of harmonics to that. Um, and, and, and something that, that feels like, okay, I'm vibing on that. That seems like it could go somewhere. Right. And once I like get to sketch. that, yeah, it's totally a sketch, you know? And once I get to that point going, great, I've, I've met my goal for the day. That is something that I feel inspired by. I feel good about it. Uh, and it, and it just sort of scratches that itch, so to speak. And then I feel like, man, that's something that I can, I can take that and run with it. Uh, at a later date. So I'm going to catalog it. I'm going to use, and, and, you know, specifically for what I'm doing now, um, I, I noticed like when I was making, when I was doing a lot of post-production on the podcast, playing around with different ways that I would structure the podcast and how I would intro it and et cetera. I noticed, I, I decided, well, you know, I want to experiment with this idea of, um, recording the actual conversation with people and then doing an intro later and then sort of having bumper music that would take you from that intro into the conversation with the person. So I was like, well, I want to create that music too. And I was thinking, well, I'm going to put out a show every single week, you know, uh, so 52 weeks. So I'm just going to challenge myself. There's 52 days left in the year. That's how I'm going to close out the year. I'm just going to, so I think it kind of like scratches multiple itches because what I'm going to do with it, definitely, you know, I'm going to have something that I'll use as bumper music for every episode. But, but a substantial amount of this stuff, I, I intend to go back, just kind of look through it all and go, okay, cherry pick different things that really poke out to me and go, I'm going to, I'm going to take that and run with it and create a full song with it. Um, but it's also just because I'm personally trying to make more of a transition. Like I, I've been really, my bread and butter has been an audio engineer, right? Uh, but I've done some production, you know, through the years here and there on some things. Um, and, and I've always come at that production seat from an engineering standpoint, kind of a technical standpoint. And now I'm really wanting to sort of turn a corner and make it more about just music and creation and, and, and really kind of come from that place of production. So it's really just kind of a, a, an effort to improve my musical chops and, and my songwriting skills and, and, and kind of just, you know, build up sort of another area, another muscle that, that I feel like I have, but I could improve there. So I, yeah. that's really my goal for this, uh, what I'm doing right now with, with, with that. Um, but yeah, I well, mean, so, so yeah, I mean, you're talking about, um, working on your own creative system, like your, your method of creating stuff and like just sort of developing your creative muscle. Right. Yeah. Which totally. is cool. Um, and then, but I think as creators too, uh, you know, part of my question is like, uh, was well, a little bit loaded cause I'm going to share something with sure. you here in a second, yeah, yeah, sure. but there's the idea of like, well, where do we put this stuff? So you have a podcast, which is mm -hmm. wonderful. I do too. So mm -hmm. we have an opportunity to actually put music into it. And I've had a lot of fun doing it in the past. Yeah. Sometimes I've sat there and, you know, I've, I've listened to, um, I've listened to a segment I'm, on my previous podcast. I was a little bit more playful with some mm -hmm. of these things, but I've listened to a segment where we're talking and I'm like, Oh, it needs background music. So I just grabbed a guitar, put yeah. a mic on it, listened to the talking and just strummed and played some guitar yeah, stuff. Cool. And it was like amazing to me how well that actually worked and yeah. set a little mood yeah. and, and kind yeah. of gave it this background. Uh, and, and a podcast is something that, you know, you can share through your own publishing method, right. whether it's something, you know, um, for listeners who don't know how podcasts arrive, you know, on your phone, 
um, you need to host it somewhere. So sometimes people will host it on SoundCloud. Sometimes people will host it on their own website. I use a, a system called Libsyn, which is a hosting platform that feeds it to iTunes and allows you know anybody to be able to find the podcast on iTunes and then just like click the link, listen to it, download it, whatever. Um, but there are some really interesting new things. Oh, and YouTube, of course, is another one. You know, if you kind of have an image or a video to go with it, you can do it like that. But there's something that's new right now that I'm really excited about. And I've, I've been sharing it a lot. And some people are looking at me like, you know, like, what's what's this all about, too? Uh-huh. But um, you're familiar with Bitcoin, right? Yeah. And you know, that's a pretty I'm, hot I'm really Yes, I'm glad that you're, right you're going now. here. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, for your listeners, uh, Bitcoin, you probably heard about it. It is a new cryptocurrency. It's the, the biggest one in the news right now. Uh, but what's really fascinating about it is, uh, well, let me let me let me preface this a little bit. Bitcoin is this network that nobody controls that allows people to begin to have a digital form of money that you can send back and forth to each other and that kind of stuff. So at, at the very basic element, that's what that's all about. And what's happening is that um, it's been around for a while. It's been around for eight years now, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are all these spinoffs that are happening. There are other things. They call them altcoins and alt currencies. And I don't want to get too deep into that. But what you should know about is that um, the idea of having ways to send value back and forth over the internet, that is permeating into niche markets. So... What do we do? We do music. Music mm-hmm. is kind of a niche market, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially like depending on styles you do. So there are things that are arriving now that are going to be tied to this ability to um, earn income and transact yeah. on the internet very, very easily that are directly tied to yeah. creative efforts. Yeah. And the one that I'm really excited about and following right now is called musiccoin.org. Okay. M-U-S-I-C-O-I-N.org. Cool. And what they d- they've done is they've already created a platform where you can go, like a SoundCloud, you could go make a new account. You just like, for now, the easiest way is just like use your Facebook login uh-huh. or something like that. So it's super easy. Um, you put your profile up there, you upload your song, and it doesn't cost you anything, uh-huh. but every time somebody listens to your song, you earn a music coin. And while we're doing this episode, I think a music coin is worth, uh, it was worth something like 2.3 cents or something okay. like that. Okay. But check this out. Like a few months back, it was worth one cent. Yeah, so it's already right. growing in value and yeah. interest. So this, this, and again, not to get too deep into it, but I'm, I'm really fascinated by that because I think that we're entering a new world where as a creative um, person, you know, as a musician or whatever, you can start making music. You could make that song a day or that song a week and upload it to this, to a, this site or a site like yeah. it that's coming. Yeah. And instead of just like throwing your music out there at a YouTube or a Facebook yeah. where, you know, big, big corporations benefit from all this work that you do, because in all the, all these other things we mentioned, iTunes, um, YouTube, Facebook, these are all mega corporate sites yeah. that benefit the entire value of those places is created by people like you and I right. who are making creative things and yeah. putting them on there and right. sharing it. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm getting deep in there, no, but that's just great, check man. it out. Check no, out musiccoin.org. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to check that out because um, right now, um, you know, for the last handful of years, 
here and there, people, Bitcoins come up in conversation around in studios, friends that, you know, just downtime between we're making a song or we go out to lunch or whatever. Um, people have been talking a little bit more and more about Bitcoin and people have been uh, finding myself talking to people who are like, yeah, dude, you know, I'm getting into it and playing around with it and it's really awesome. I've been uh, researching a little bit on the internet and just seeing how, uh, how, crazy the the sort of the hockey stick spike of of i guess the value of the of, yeah. of the cryptocurrencies has just skyrocketed recently very aggressively um i have not personally gotten in on it yet but i'm i'm learning a whole lot about it because i want to know more about it because i i do feel like i want to get in on that and the whole that it, it is it's an incredible concept the idea of cryptocurrency, the idea of this, you know, this blockchain technology. I don't know if you know uh, Benji Rogers. Um, I know he used Benji to do, Rogers' uh, name. He's here in Nashville, right? He has, uh, doesn't he have a startup around Bitcoin? Uh, it, well, or he blockchain uh, stuff he, uh, rather. Yeah, it's blockchain. His newest thing is blockchain. Honestly, I don't think he is based in Nashville. He spends a lot of time here. I'm not sure where he where he's is sort of calls home base, but he used to have Pledge Music. That, right, that sort right, of it okay. was sort of like an alternative to Kickstarter, but yeah. it's like more like focused on on you know specifically for people who want to raise money for a music project. Anyway, now his newest thing is blockchain. Uh, um, I forget exactly what it's called, but in any case, it has to do with sort of how blockchain could positively influence something to do with like copyright and 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 that yeah, kind absolutely, of stuff. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, that's another spinoff topic about this, but blockchain is. Uh, it is basically a um, can can be decentralized or centralized depending on how people create it. But the cool stuff like Bitcoin is decentralized, which yeah. means no one company or individual controls it. It's, yeah. it's network, peer to peer. Like um, uh, what's what am I thinking of? Um, uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Sure. So so I apologize this morning. Yeah, yeah. My head's feeling a little cloudy. Yeah, yeah, and it's all coffee, good, so man. Yeah, yeah, I might yeah. not name drop as well. Yeah, that's all. For, all but for. um. It is a decentralized thing, and it's called a, a distributed open ledger. So okay, ledger right, basically yeah. just means, you know, it's like you can see what transactions have happened. And yeah. that, that's what it is. But that's what allows Bitcoin to work. But it's also going to allow things like if you have ownership of a song and you have all this metadata that goes with the song that tells you who wrote it, um, who's supposed to get what copyright shares and all that, yeah. that can also go into a blockchain right. so that it's very transparent yeah. and very visible. And blockchains can also allow things to happen. Like you can remove all the, the middlemen, um, or middle women <laughs> in a system yeah. that that basically are you know stand between you as the creator yeah. and the consumer. Yeah. You know when you have a world uh, like Spotify, for example, you have a consumer on one end, a creator on the other, and in the middle is is a, this big streaming platform like yeah. Spotify, yeah. and they have to control all the the flow of money. They also control the flow of, of information and everything. And there's a lot of trust that has to happen right. between the consumer and the, uh, the creator, as far as like, you know, the consumer's putting in money for the monthly subscription and they're listening, you know, I'm only listening to the John Stinson. Did I say your name right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I'm only listening to yeah. the John Stinson album. Um, you know, is my $10 going to John Stinson or is it going right. to some yeah, other, yeah, you know, yeah. how does this get mega artist? Yeah, yeah totally. Or not even to the artist. Maybe it's just going right. to, yeah. to Spotify. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's not it's not nearly as open. And, and this this definitely it, it opens up where there's been a lot of sort of the trend of the internet the last 15 years has been, you know, infiltrating sort of different industries and kind of turning them on their head and just sort of opening it up and it just, you know, removing the middleman in a yeah. lot of different ways. But um, while we're on this topic real quick, I do want to mention I actually had there's this guy, uh, Casey Grooms, who's out of San Francisco. And he and I crossed paths this last summer here in Nashville, and he has a company that he's starting called FanMob, and it's in this same space. He's using blockchain. Uh, it's similar. What was the one that, that you that you said? Uh, uh, the Music Coin. Yeah, Music Coin. Okay, yeah. Similar to that. So you, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I, I know that I'll. You know, it's it's beyond totally what I completely understand. But the basic model of his business is like if you are a music creator, you can, you can enroll on his platform, right? For free. And then you can, you basically issue your own coin and it's a way kind of like to raise capital for yourself. Right. Yeah, so if yeah. like, so I could, I could get a uh, Lidge coin or something. Right. And, and, uh, depending on, you know, what you do with your career and, and, and how, much your music and, and, and all that sort of like propagates out there. It's like the value of this coin will rise or fall along with what you do in your career and stuff. Right. So it's an interesting way as a music consumer that I can go, man, I'm a real big fan of you. I really like what you're doing. So I can kind of invest sort of, you know, basically invest capital in you, but share in kind of the, the profit as a music consumer just as a music fan kind of share in the in the profit of it it's all this stuff it's such an interesting space man i'm really it actually it really fires me up to see where it can go in the next yeah, you know handful me too. of years well i've been fascinated by it for years and i've been p- paying attention to it and it's really a pleasure for me to see it sort of hitting the forefront and and seeing everybody really interested in talking about it I should also add a couple of things. So some of you listening are going to immediately go, oh, that's cool. But I've totally heard people say it's a big bubble that's going to burst right, and yeah. all this stuff. And that's absolutely fine. That may or may not happen. Yeah. And um, this new world of Bitcoin and everything else that is going with it is still one big experiment. But let me tell you, it is one very, very big experiment. And yeah. it's getting bigger all the time. And it's been around for eight or nine years right. already. So this is not like, a you know, it's... It reminds me of what happens in the music business when somebody goes, oh, they were an overnight success. And then those of us who are doing this know that like every overnight success is 10 years of hard work leading up to it, right? Which is what we're seeing right now. But um, just know this, if you're listening to this and this is the first time you're hearing this stuff, know that Bitcoin, which is worth sixteen dollars or $17,000 today, was worth pennies eight years ago. When right. It first yeah. arrived, yeah, and yeah. when people were like, "Ooh, that sounds crazy." Yeah. Right now, something like Musicoin is worth pennies, and you might be going, "Ooh, that sounds crazy." Right. Or if I look at the user interface and I go to the website, that looks clunky and it doesn't look yeah, as cool right. as, as yeah, you know totally. SoundCloud. But eight years from now, maybe even less, maybe two to three years from now, it might be worth um, something very real. Right. And. My feeling is, as a creator, wouldn't you like to create things and put them in places where they actually grow in value over time? Right. Even if you aren't 
um, you know, hustling every day to right. try and make a buck from yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, the reality is like, you know, where it is right now, let's say these, these newer sort of like coins and music coin and all that kind of stuff that are, that are coming out, you know, so maybe it's not very valuable right now. Maybe it never becomes valuable, right? Let's just, you know, like to entertain that, that possibility. Cause it's, that's, you know, thinking realistically, but if you got in on it and you put in a hundred dollars and then it tanks. Okay. So, I mean, I lost a hundred bucks, right? right? I mean, right. like, you know, you, it's, it's, it's something I've, to consider. I've got lots of ways to lose a hundred bucks. Yeah, right. Totally, <laughs> man. Yeah. And there's way worse ways to lose a hundred dollars. But like on the, on the other hand, if you put in a hundred dollars and it just, just, you know, explodes in, in the most, the best way possible. Wow. I mean, what if yeah. you could 100 X, 1000 X that $100 that you put in. Yeah. So at this point, I mean, it's a thing like Bitcoin is, is now it's higher risk. You know, if you're going to get in on Bitcoin now, much higher risk, but these other coins, these other kind of, I, these other crypto currencies that are, that are kind of forking off of that and becoming, no, they're high risk too. They're all high risk. But as you pointed out, you should only get into the stuff what you can afford to lose. Yes, totally. If, if right. we're talking about right. putting money into something, if you're talking about now like going and buying Bitcoin or buying music coin or buying whatever. And by the way, if I if I just say Bitcoin and music coin, those are like super extremes of the spectrum. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um to just buy those things, always the smart way to do it is go invest what you can afford to lose. Right, yeah. yeah. So just you're right. like if you if if for you personally, twenty five bucks in a week represents you know, an extra meal or something, you're like, I'm willing to skip that and, yeah. and take a chance yeah. on something, yeah. then do that. If to you that sounds crazy and five bucks represents, you know, that, yeah. that coffee or that meal that you were thinking about, um, then then do it like that. But, you know, for some people it's like, you know, $5,000 or, you know, $50,000 yeah. or whatever it is. But um, we know this already. We already know that if you're making a ton of music, if you made 365 uh, songs in a year mm-hmm. and you posted them all on YouTube and you poured your heart into it, you might grow a YouTube following. Yeah. And I know, I'm going to be very honest, I know very few people, um, actually, I don't know anybody who is, who is uh, uh, on m- most people's level, is putting a year's worth of work into creating videos, posting them on mm. YouTube and seeing a real yeah. return on that investment yeah. through what's built in on something like YouTube right. where you just turn on advertising and right. it advertises on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Whereas if there are new platforms coming where you put in that much effort and it um, and that affects, or what's the word I want to look, that, that creates many listens and therefore many music coins over that year, and then three years later, you still have them. And now all of a sudden they're worth, you know, um, X, 100 X or whatever. That could actually right. be something, you know, that could yeah. actually, oh, yeah. you could actually right. put in 10, 20 years of work. That's, that's the way I'm looking at this sure. stuff. Yeah. It's like creative people putting in that 10, 20 year career yeah. where they're like, they accepted that they're an artist and it's like, it might or might not work. Yeah. And, you know, you may or may not see some success, but actually like, taking that 20 years of work. And instead of just going like, you know, my 20 year investment means that I've, uh, my soul has grown, which is wonderful. I want all your souls to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it be nice if you also, your bank account grew too. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of you for sure. Uh, saw real success yeah. over 20 years yeah. of making music. You yeah. know, 
even if a big uh, TV show didn't pick up your song. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth considering and thinking about, man. Anyway, yeah. I'm just fascinated. No, by me stuff. too, man. I'm glad you brought that up. That's awesome. Um, it's definitely a timely thing that I'm thinking about a, a lot right now. But uh, in any case, man, um, podcasting, you know, podcasting, you're a podcaster, you've been podcasting a while, you're a music creator, you've been making records for, for quite a while. And um, this is actually my fourth podcast right now that you, that you, that you, so recording studio rock stars, that's yeah, your that's current my show podcast. now, recording studio rock If you want to go check it out, I interview producers and engineers and you know, the, the, Mission statement of the show is to bring you as a listener. I refer to all my listeners as the rock stars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to get everybody feeling good and having yeah, a man. good time. But totally. but uh, bring you into the studio to learn from recording professionals, so that you can take your next record. You know, to take your recordings to the next le- yeah. level, make your best record ever, yeah. and be a rock star of the studio yourself. Killer man, it's awesome. And Simple you, as that. And you've been doing that show since. Yeah, about the same time as you started okay. your show, I think. So yeah. it's 2015. So yeah. two and a half years now. Yeah, cool. And you've had on who are you, you've had on the, you've done a lot oh, of that. Man, so it's a weekly show, right? It's a we, weekly show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're at about um, you know coming coming on close on 130 episodes, nice. and um, it's been uh, you know I've had all kinds of people, and you know I think uh, I think. The, you know, there, there are a number of different guests. And one of the things that you get to do as a podcaster is you get to go look at your, you know, your stats. You're like, oh, well, this one seemed to get a lot of downloads. Yeah. This one got less downloads right. and stuff. And it's fun to go look at somebody like Steve Albini, who was on the show. And it's just like, you know, it's kind of, oh, that's it's, it looks like Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, so you, you had Steve Albini on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah. man. That's that awesome. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you go, uh, did you go up up to no, no, I, I do a combination of face to face interviews okay. and I also do Skype interviews. Okay. So, Skype is a really great, easy tool. It allows me to do an interview with somebody who's not in Nashville um, or from anywhere, you know. Yeah, and it still sounds great. Yeah, and it still allows me to have a great conversation. Right. Yeah, with people. it's awesome. Yeah, I've toyed around with doing that myself um, because it would definitely open the the possibility to sort of have a lot of a lot of other people on. Um, I, I, there's something about being face to face that that's I don't know it's just um, the, the the podcasts that have really spoken to me um, consistently um, that I keep going back to and they always do it in person and then uh, I decide well I'm gonna just do it, at least do it that way for a while you know maybe I, I that's the best thing about this kind of stuff is you can you know try something being a creative man you can try something and then what you can just change the rules and say you know I'm gonna right do it a different way, you know? Um, so yeah, for at least for right now, that's been kind of like, I don't really have many rules for the creation of this podcast and everything, but, but that's one of them that I, I, I do want to have like in person face to face, but, uh, yeah, it's, man, it's easier than Skype stuff. Is Trust it? me. Yeah. There's a little bit of a time delay. You sort okay. of have to patiently wait. Um, but that tends to be a good thing for me because it means Lidge, shut up and let the other person do more of the talking. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with that myself, man. No, no it's all right. It's yeah. just, I'm just saying it in my case, it, it's no, I, yeah, yeah, no, I just, I've, when I do these, when I look, uh, go back and sort of like do the post work on these episodes and I'm listening to them and I'm like, man, I, I thought I what I try to keep in my head. Don't talk so much. And I'm like every, at the end of every episode, I'm like, I think I, I actually, shut up this time. And then I listen back. I'm like, no, man, I'm like talking. No, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, your, yeah. your fans love you. So <laughs> yeah. that's why they want to, they yeah. want to hear from you. Too, yeah. So yeah. No worries. That's cool. 
So yeah, man. So um, so you're podcasting, making records, you know, out of Nashville. You've been in Nashville. I and I did, you know, I've listened to a few of your episodes. Um, I heard you talk about some stuff here and there, and kind of like your story. But uh, and this is a good way to kind of segue into what I what I really want to make sure that we get to talk about today. Uh, but I listened to the most recent episode of your podcast. I believe this is the most recent one where you're talking about how, um, so, you, you know, you have home studio and you've come under scrutiny yeah. and, um, kind that's, of, that's the hot topic of, of the week right now. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, man, as somebody, you know, both podcasters out of Nashville, both record makers out of, out of Nashville, passionate about Nashville. And, you know, you've been doing this a while. I knew that I wanted to, when I heard that episode and, and, and the topic, uh, I knew that, uh, I wanted to chime in. I wanted to give you another place to be able to kind of like tell this story and tell your story and, uh, um, you know, just kind of share what, what's going on, you know? And I know you talked a lot about it. There's been a number of places that have kind of uh, picked this up. You've been able to, I think, talk to like the Tennessean, right? The, oh, yeah. That's um, Well, so let me answer a few of these sure, things. So yeah. you, you asked me about coming to Nashville. I've been here for a while. I moved here in 1991. And for me, the uh, the mile marker of moving to Nashville was um, living here, uh, moving down from Boston. And I remember driving around in my crappy Ford Escort station wagon that I had spray painted silver. Nice. You know, wheels included. Awesome. And listening to Vanderbilt's college radio station yeah. while they broke Smells Like Teen Spirit for Nirvana. Oh, oh wow. Over college radio. Oh, killer. And I was like, that was my real mile marker, okay. you know. And that's, that's the... the the style, the genre of music, all of that encompasses sort of like where my heart was in music when mm -hmm. I moved to Nashville. So I actually didn't move here for country music. Yeah. I just moved here to go to Middle Tennessee State University, okay. learn how to record music. They had this great recording program, and I just knew that I loved playing in bands, and I loved doing music more than anything else, and I was like, I got to do this, you know? And I think that's one of the drives for many of us who get into this, and music making and recording is like, you know, there's this common theme of do this if you feel like there's nothing else that you could do, like if you have to do this because mm -hmm. you're just driven yeah, to do yeah, it, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So... I moved here, went to school, finished school, and uh, which was in Murfreesboro, which is a little yeah. south of Nashville. Mm -hmm. Came back up to Nashville, and you know, moved into an apartment, and eventually got a house in, in two thousand over in East Nashville. And when I did that, it was my it, it had been my dream to have a home studio. Mm -hmm. It's something that I had seen happen in Nashville. I'd been to many home studios where people were working, you know, had this, yeah. like, you, you, you go to somebody's house and, and you go in and they've got this incredible studio and they, you know, they've figured out how to have musicians in there and bands making a record. And it's just like, it's just the coolest thing ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, of course we live in a place where people know how to do this well. And of course studios are soundproof. So it's like, you wouldn't even know that, that people were in there making right. amazing, you know, world-class records. Yeah from the outside just cause it looks like a house. Right. So that was my desire was to do that too. Yeah. And, um, and I did it. I moved in, in East Nashville in 2000 into my home. Um, I started making records right out of the house. I, you know, I put my control room upstairs. I, I ri ripped off the siding down at the baseboard uh -huh. and like punched a hole into the air conditioning duct work yeah. and then dropped my mic cables down yeah, to yeah, the yeah. basement awesome. and like cut a hole, pulled them out there. Um, you know, I dropped a 16-channel snake box down in the basement, and then I had another one snake up and come back in through the dining room where the where I had a piano and some organs. Cool. 
And then I yeah. could just run. I had to run up and down the stairs a lot, which is that's another topic, right? It's like yeah. staying in shape when yeah, you're doing totally. this stuff. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that allowed me to have drums playing in the basement. You know, in fact, this reminds me when I when I was deciding to buy my house. It has a dry, um, be, spacious, and sunken basement that's down into mm-hmm. you know into yeah, the earth. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a big heavy steel door that goes in nice. down a ramp, so it's yeah. easy to get in and out. Right. I took. Um, my uh, my friend Ken Coomer, who's was playing drums for Wilco at the time, he uh-huh. came over and helped me determine whether or not this would work for me to make music in my house. I was like, dude, can you please just come over and yeah. just take a snare drum and just beat the shit out of it in yeah. my basement? Yeah. I'm gonna go walk around the outside of the house and make sure that I can't hear it. Yeah, and I was like, I walked and I was like. This is amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like totally nice and isolated. Right. It's totally fine. I was yeah. like, awesome. So that was one of the determining factors for me and right. just getting the house. Um, so for, for I think about five years, I um, lived where it was like I was, you know, control room was upstairs. Mm-hmm. I was recording in every other space throughout the house. Drums would be down in the basement. It was working great. You know? Yeah. And then uh, I got married at the time and I had my daughter who's now 12 um, and I had to make space in the house for, for family to, to move in. I'm not married now, but you know, at the time I was like, right. you know, making room for my new family. Mm-hmm. I, I actually went from single to family of five all at once. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was <laughs> quite step, a transition for yeah. me, you know? Yeah. Um, but fortunately I had that, you know, recording engineers, uh, yeah, right. income and budget to, to work <laughs> right. with. Um, but I, I also had a, a three car garage and I was like, all right, it's time, you know, I'm going to move, yeah. move down to the garage space and like, you know, make my studio work down there, which I, which I did. And it was great. And, um, I had been making records for 10 years in there. Mm-hmm. It's working awesome. Uh, actually just won a Grammy in yeah. 2015 for Mike oh, Ferris, killer, man. Shine for All the People. Awesome. Because the, the record was mixed in, at, in my studio, which killer, is the man. Toy Box studio. So if you want to check it out, just go to thetoyboxstudio.com. Killer. Um, and so like things were really looking up and feeling great. Yeah. And I was really part of the music community in Nashville and particularly East Nashville. Um, you know, so wonderful to have this, uh, you know, great ability to walk across the yard and work with people. Yeah. And, and I'm working with neighbors. I'm working with people in my immediate local music community, uh, literally have people like walk over to the studio to, to make a record together right. or ride a bike over. Um, you know, um, at one point, I figured out that my immediate neighbors in the neighborhood, I had had make records with like twelve to fifteen of uh-huh. them over the yeah, over that's that awesome, time, man. Which yeah. is which is great. So yeah. obviously, it's totally working, um, and everything's going great. Yep. And then in twenty fifteen, I walked up to the mailbox one day, and I had a cease and desist letter mm. from the city of Nashville, yeah. who had sent me this, you know, sm- studio smackdown. Um, saying that I was not allowed to operate my studio because I was a residence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is yeah. this all about? Yeah. You know? um, I knew at that point it, it was a, it, both a surprise, but not a total surprise because this topic had recently come up. Right. Uh, because in 2011, Nashville was trying to pass something called a, there was a proposal of a home studio bill that um, was going to allow people to be able to make records from their home studios and work, mm-hmm. but it never went through. They mm-hmm. couldn't figure it out. You know, they like got real close and then, yeah. And then basically fumbled the yeah. football, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. And so 
this thing happened. I got the letter and, uh, you know, shut me down. And so I've yeah. been going through a process of trying to figure out what to do and battle it and uh, respond to it. Right. I'll get more into that in a sec. But sure. I'll let you interject. Yeah, no, no. Um, so that all, that was, that, you got that letter in 2015 was when, when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man. So, so, and then, so it's been 2015, 16, 17, you've been battling this. Yeah. So obviously it was completely devastating for me. Yeah. As I'm a single dad raising my daughter, yeah. trying to make a living from my home. Right. And, you know, they just completely shut down yeah. my ability to do that. Um, so I've been, you know, I guess fortunately as musicians, as creators, we, we, we immediately, one of the first skills we learn is how to be scrappy and like look for opportunity, right. little opportunities yeah. to just keep, you know, stay right. in, stay in the game. And, right. And survive. Yeah. Um, so that so that's been what my life looks like. Yeah. Uh, this past year, um, I actually applied for a rezoning mm-hmm. for my property, and I, and I'll back up a little bit because one of the first things I did when I got this letter was uh, not sleep for a week. Mm. Yeah, I can because imagine. I was utterly I freaked out, yeah. and I was just like, "Holy shit, yeah. what am I going to do?" Yeah. Um, and then I started talking to friends and family. And then, and that was helpful, you know, I started getting a little bit of a sense of support um, right. and, you know, you know, maybe some advice and encouragement. Yeah. Then I started talking to, um, lawyer, uh, and, and figuring out what my options were. I realized I really didn't have any options. Cause Which I, the, in, in that itself is, 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 is ex- very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it ultimately, yeah. I, I was speaking with a, a local attorney and, and I realized I was like, I, I can't even. I can't, I don't even have the the funds to do right. this. Yeah. I don't even know, you know, what is this? Yeah. And if I tried to do it, yeah. how could I afford yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But um, I talked to the press. So I did an anonymous interview with the Tennessean back in 2015, which came out around Thanksgiving. And it was on the front page. And that got people a little bit stirred up for a mm-hmm. minute. But then it just kind of... It, it, it was on the front page of the, the the news. The entire newspaper was like, I remember seeing an article. My dad actually passed along an article to me, and I can't remember when it was. I want to say it must have been, maybe it was in 2015. But anyway, yeah, it was, it, you know, but it was uh, sort of. There have been a few over yeah, the past, yeah. you know, um, seven, eight years yeah, anyway. Yeah. But um, one thing that did happen, though, is. That article got the attention of two really incredible organizations. So one of them is called the Institute for Justice, mm-hmm. which is a uh, pro bono, uh, a nonprofit um, public advocacy law firm that's in D.C. and uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And their mission is property rights and economic freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? And then another one was a local group called the Beacon Center. Which same same thing, you know, very similar. Okay. And that's in Nashville. And that's right here okay. in Nashville. And uh, they both reached out to me, and they said, you know what, what you're going through is exactly what uh, is that. That is exactly the kind of situation we're trying to help people with. Yeah. So I had this incredible opportunity to say, you know, to the Institute for Justice, wow, you guys are amazing at what you do. Mm-hmm. And to the Beacon Center, wow, you guys are amazing at what you do. How about we all just get together? Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. Um, I also, uh, so I talked to those guys, put that, you know, put them together. We now had this amazing team to, you know, I, to help me figure out what to do. And um, as I was trying to figure out what to do, I also thought, 
I want to check in with the local community and get a feel for whether, you know, I'm alone in this or whether, uh, you know, other people are feeling this pain too. And, um, I started hosting home studio meetups. Okay. Um, uh, you know, just, just, you know, not like big public ones, but sure. I, but I reached out to people I knew and yeah. stuff like that. Cause at this point I was still, you know, uh, remaining kind of anonymous yeah. in this, in this uh, situation. Right. And I, and I did a number of home studio meetups and I found out that, um, sure enough, other people were feeling the very same way, you know, yeah. and in fact, we even, we did some at my place. Um, and we even did some in a commercial studio across town uh-huh. and it was like all across the board. Everybody felt like this was uh, bullshit that Nashville yeah. didn't let people make music and make a living doing yeah. that from their home studio. Right. And so I had this incredible support and I felt very confident that, um, it would be okay for me to move forward, trying to figure out what to do next. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you want, yeah, no. So it's, it's almost as if it's kind of like, you know, there's this, there's this, it makes me feel like it's like sort of like the Gestapo or something. Everybody's sort of making records because the reality is, I mean, there's a lot of records that, that, that people are making viable records, commercially successful records, making out of their home studio. And that's not just a Nashville thing. I mean, open up any, recording magazine open up any you know look read read any you know biography how about how about uh for example um uh the led zeppelin record they, they you know they made it out of headley grange right they're recording in a house or whatever but i mean yeah. and that that might which, not which be which one is that i don't even i didn't even know about that story oh um but you know um uh you know that band the rolling stones exile in main street yeah recorded in a right. house. yeah totally and and, and um uh, tape op put out a book. Are we still rolling by Phil Brown? Sort right. of like, I don't know if you ever read that. I, I used to read the articles. I'd catch them. In yeah, tape-op, it was, yeah. I, I bought the book, read the book and I'm like, wow, it blew my mind. Well, you know, it's this autobiographical book that Phil Brown wrote and at least half the stories he's talking about, you know, well, we just load up a bunch of gear and we went over to so-and-so's house and we posted up there for like three months and made a record, you know, any case, you know, it's not just something that uh, people in Nashville do, and it's not just something that people who make records do today. It's something that people have been doing all across the world since recording was a thing, you know? And so it's just almost like, you know, at this point now, uh, in Nashville, there's sort of this kind of like atmosphere of maybe people kind of more or less being like, afraid you know there's this sort of like this right. fear hanging yeah. over their head and it's like who's next you know looking around and and kind of people wanting to 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 sort of it's almost like so to speak people in the closet on, on this issue you know and uh so yeah man i mean um well there's a good reason for that i mean like i described in my own situation i moved here in 91 i've spent you know uh 20 years just about learning this recording Taking everything, I think the first decade of of my work, I just literally took everything that I ever earned and reinvested mm-hmm. it in, mm-hmm. in recording gear mm-hmm. and like accumulated the ability to be able to record from a home studio yeah. and then invested in a home and then, you know, invested in setting up my studio and yeah. getting everything going. And I did that because it was a dream of mine, but also because that's what Nashville told me you do. Yeah. 
Right. That's what I yeah. saw, right. you know, and I was totally. like, okay, great. You know, now I knew that there were limitations to it. I never expected that I was going to hang a sign outside of my house or yeah. something like right. that. Right. Or, you know, have a giant parking lot or I don't know what yeah. else. And, and nor would you really want to do that. I, I no, wouldn't I mean, think, it, like you know? it was always, I, I always approached it in a way that said, this is, this is my residence and it will feel like a residence and it will always feel positive. Yeah. And I, and I want to participate in the community and everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen a lot of people do. In fact, I feel like, honestly, that's the norm for home studios in Nashville. Yeah. I would say if there was ever a home studio that was disruptive, it's the exception. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even even then, I honestly... I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you one that's still disruptive. Like that, yeah. You know right. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't even think that's the topic. So my, my point is that, you know, there are so many people that are doing what I'm doing where it's like they've invested, um, their life and career and their heart and soul into this. And they're, they're putting everything they've got into their music and into creating a studio to be able to make music from. So of course they're terrified. Yeah, Nobody right. wants to, to like, you know, put their head on a chopping block accidentally yeah, right. and have, have what happened to me yeah. happen to them. Yeah. So that has, you know, that, that sort of drives me even more to share the story because um, I'm already there and I'm, I'm more than willing to pick up the, you know, the shield and the sword for yeah. all of us yeah. and, and, you know, try and, make the change yeah. that needs to happen. Right. Nashville really, you know, honestly, I love you, Nashville, but you need a kick in the ass yeah. to make this yeah. happen. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we've tried before. It was scary as crap in 2011 when everybody saw this stuff going around on the internet about the home studio bill. There was a lot of confusion about it. People uh-huh. didn't know what to do. And the truth is Nashville is, um, you know, putting this limitation on all home studio businesses. So there's a co-plaintiff in my case. I know we're jumping forward here, but no worries. You know, there's um, Pat, who is a retired hairdresser, just simply wants to put a chair in her garage to be able to do people's hair. How yeah. is that in right. but yeah, a good yeah. idea? Right, right. I think at the definite. I think that actually defines making the neighborhood look better, doesn't right. it? Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Totally. So yeah, so so okay. So you're so you're chugging along, making records. Uh, great things are happening. Then you get this letter, and uh, and so what was the like when you got that letter? You know, at that moment, like what was going through? What was the initial kind of reaction that was going through your mind? I mean, was it sort of like? Can you drop in the sound of a bomb dropping? And <laughs> that's what it was. So like. so total like you just were like, I mean, it was, I was just. I oh, mean, oh, I I just. Um, I, I literally, I couldn't sleep. I mean, yeah. I was like, it was yeah. so stressful. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do. Right. And I, and I just thought, holy crap. I didn't know if, you know, jackbooted thugs were going to come kick down my front door. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, the, the threats from, well, I got the call first and I, I mean, I mean, excuse me, I got the letter first. Yeah. And then a month later I get a call from the inspector at city codes and I had been trying to figure out what to do and, you know, how to comply and all this stuff. And, um, the inspector called me and she, she, uh, answered the phone and, and she said, uh, you know, are you ready to, to schedule an inspection? And mm. I was like, what do you mean an inspection? And they hadn't, there hadn't been any, so they got this on the letter that it was just sort of basically a letter saying, Hey, we know that you're doing this cease and desist and that, and, 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 and cease that, and desist, you have a month to be in compliance. Okay. Okay. Um, and, um, a month later I get the phone call. Okay. Right? So I had been 
I'd been, I'm trying to remember the details of what I was trying to do, uh, but, but I was trying to be in compliance, trying to understand what it meant, things like that. Yeah. So I get the phone call from the inspector and she says, are you ready to do an inspection? Mm. I was like, I was like, inspection, what are you talking about? That I didn't know. I didn't understand anything about that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, you know, we'll come do a walkthrough inspection and confirm that you've removed all recording equipment from the premises. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was crazy. like, holy shit, what yeah. are you talking about? How invasive, man. Yeah. So, and I was just like, no, you know, I, I got your thing. I'm, I'm a home studio. I'm trying to be in compliance and just do what you need me to do. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not ready to, you know, and do they didn't, an inspection and have all my stuff removed. Yeah. And other than them saying you have a month to comply, they didn't lead on that there was going to be some sort of like, like personal follow up where somebody's going to be on your property. I mean, no, in that no, letter, no, they, didn't, didn't, they didn't indicate that. I didn't they? know anything about yeah, that. Yeah. So that's crazy, man. Like, yeah, that seems terribly invasive. And when you were talking about that on your podcast, that's, I was just like, that's the point at which, because I had, you know, known about, this issue coming up, you know, and, right. and definitely had heard about things going on and all. Uh, and so, you know, um, getting a letter and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, but the point in which in your story, when you're talking about like, okay, we're going to, and it get, and it, and, and incidentally it goes further from here. Right. Uh, but when they called you and said, Hey, we're come basically we're coming over to inspect your place. And I mean, I'm just like, Whoa, like yeah. how invasive that's not, that that just seems again that something about in it stirred up a thing in me fundamentally is like a violation of rights in a right. way. Well, that's the way I felt. Yeah, in a big way, you know. Yeah. But I and I hate to say this, and I think this reflects or my feeling is probably reflected throughout the community. I think there's also a tendency to just sort of accept the fear factor mm-hmm. and go like, you know. I'm a musician and I'm making music. So therefore I'm sort of somehow like lower on the totem pole of society. And, and if I'm getting in yeah. trouble for this, I probably deserve to just be in trouble, which yeah. is a bunch of bullshit, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's no way to, that's no way to live. That's no way to thrive. That's no way to raise a family. That's mm-hmm. no way for the community to thrive as a music city. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I get this phone call. Now when I hung up with her, she said, I'm going to talk to the supervisor. So, so I hang up with her and then she called back later and left me a message. And she said in the message, she said, okay, I check with the supervisor. Now you don't have to record your, or you don't have to remove your equipment, but if we get another complaint of you recording anybody other than yourself, and that includes podcasting, she just threw that in there because she saw my, my website yeah. that it said something about podcasting. We will immediately take you to court and file a warrant. A warrant for that's end of end of message. Wow. Oh, so she so it was that was like a voicemail or that was the voice okay. message. Yeah. Okay. Which I have a recording of and more than happy wow. to share it. <laughs> that's crazy. So, but so, I mean, like, how does that make you feel? Yeah. I mean, you know? it's just like whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I totally. It's like it strikes me as a violation of rights, and it also strikes me as like what, like you know, to, to say it's one thing to say, hey. We know that you're doing this. The law states this, and you need to stop. Okay, it's, that's one thing. But it's a whole other thing entirely to take it to another level and say, here's the specific things that you have to stop doing. We're going to come onto your property and inspect to make sure that you're doing it. And then there's like a threat. It's like, if you don't, then this. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, why do you need to, like, that's unnecessary. That's very aggressive, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it does strike me as like, that's that's just not, there's something about that, like, you know, that just doesn't, it strikes me as that's just not right. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, a, it's just not, it's not okay to, it's kind of like a, a, 
Well, when I heard you talking about it on your podcast, what really went through my mind was this is an abuse of power. And, and you know, I don't want to um, – I mean that's an opinion, you know, but, but the way that this story sounds, you know, because – well, because, when you're the one who the power is getting abused toward, you kind of have a right to your opinion. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. And it's an oppression, you know? And, um, but, but what really struck me was when, cause, cause you get, you get this letter and then they're really not offering an explanation of. No. Uh, so l- let me preface that a little bit. Um, the city codes in Nashville has a policy where I think they don't pursue something unless there's a complaint. So. There was a complaint, but the way the complaint works is they have a website with an anonymous form that somebody can fill out. My understanding from anywhere, I don't even think they have to be a neighbor, Mm. and they can fill out a complaint, and then city codes follows up on it. So there was an anonymous complaint filed with no indication of what was being complained about, other than it's like this all-encompassing, you're simply a bad guy. Yeah, right. You're you're either a good guy or a bad guy, totally black and white. Right. And then when the inspector called and I talked to her, she said all all she had to cite as infractions or, you know, things that that were wrong was my website. Hmm. It was it. There was no discussion of all the usual things that people ask about, people immediately say, well, are you making too much noise? No. I mean, it's soundproofed as a studio, so that's not it. And also, there's no complaint about making too much noise. Yeah. Um, is Is it parking problems? No, there was no mention of there being parking problems and that being a problem yeah. or anything like that. And I have a driveway that can accommodate uh, the cars that for people I might want to mm-hmm. work with in my studio. So that's a non-issue, you know? Yeah. Um, is it signage? No, there's no signage. Yeah. You know, it's just, it looks like a house. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what else we can think of, but there was no reference to anything like that. She just simply said... Well, I'm looking at your website and I see that you have a little video welcoming people to come work with you. Yeah. So therefore that's against the law. I see that, you know, you have, um, you have prices for working with people on your website. Well, so that's against the law. You know, you're basically trying to, uh, you're trying to invite, um, somebody, an artist to come work with you to, to build your business. Yeah. Obviously, these are the things that we're supposed to be doing right. in 2017 plus, to have a business and, and succeed as an entrepreneur. And plus, it to me now I don't know the law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. I don't. I don't know the law. But to me, it seems like that the things that she's citing are not what's what's technically against the law. And what I would assume, I've never looked at the law, at the actual you know home business law, how this how these codes work and everything. But from what I understand, uh. What's illegal is to have a certain number of people coming onto your property and through your premises in a certain period of time. Yeah, you want to know what the number is? What is it? One. So one person. No, no. If you hit one person, you're breaking the law. Is that right? If you right? hit one person ever. So Nashville says if you are working from your home, you are not allowed to have any customers or clients come over to your house, period. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's I thought it. it was I thought it was like you could have a certain no, number per hour. that's it. It's Zero None. People. That's why I'm saying it's totally black and white. It's yeah. like there was in 2011, there was this home studio bill proposed that was attempting to try and create limitations yeah. around it and stuff, but it didn't make it. So yeah. Nashville has always been, 
you are not allowed to have anybody come over. This means if you want to, if you have a piano and you want to teach piano lessons to people and they come over to take a lesson with you one at a time, not allowed. If you want to cut hair for mm. somebody and they come over and you cut hair in your dining room and then they pay you for it, not allowed. If you want to, you know, if you have, if you're making, um, wonderful selling candles and you're, uh, you, people come over to your house and, and you're doing like a candle party to sell them candles. Uh, apologies to any candle makers out there, not meaning to call you out. I'm just making this up sure. off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. That would not be allowed. Um, if you are, uh, if you're cooking food for people and they come over, um, you know, you have this thing where like they come over and they pay you for the meal and you're having like a, you know, a table in your dining room full of people and you're eating together and it's this wonderful community thing, not allowed. So obviously it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a blanket. Yeah. yeah. Not allowed. Yeah. Let me, let me bring that back to what we're really talking about here. And the most important thing, one of the things that makes Nashville unique, the reason they call this music city is because it's one of the few places where greatest musicians in the world still get together face to face to make music Mm -hmm. professionally in um, performance settings, in co-writing settings, in a recording studio, in a home studio setting. And that is not allowed in Nashville. Yeah, which is absurd. So like you can have a home studio where all you ever do is have somebody send you stuff over the internet, you accept payment over the internet, you send it back to them, you can be, you know, totally isolated. Yeah. And, um, and, and do it that way. But if you want to have two musicians come over and sit in front of your microphones and make beautiful music together and record them that way, which is what we're good at here yeah. in Nashville, you yeah. know, yeah. and what's good for Nashville and good for the world, yeah. that's not allowed. Right. Wow. Dude. And so, <clears throat> and it's, you know, remember it's the customer client relationship. Yeah. So technically as a home studio, you can legally have an orchestra come over and record in your studio every single day for fun. Yeah, right. But they can't pay you a dollar at <laughs> yeah. the end of it to say thanks and for that's doing the, that. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Which so so you're allowed to have people come over and have a jam session, and it's just like ah, oh, we're just you know goofing off at the barbecue or whatever. Yeah. But the second that it turns into something that's some sort of like monet, I mean, any I guess just some sort of monetary compensation or whatever. Yeah. What's monetary compensation good for? It's good for allowing you to pay your bills, yep. pay your mortgage, feed your family, and Support stay in that home and continue yeah. to be in the neighborhood. Yeah, and pay continue, taxes. Continue, and, yeah, and pay taxes and continue to be part of the community of Music City. Yeah, totally. Yeah, man. So I want to add this too. Yeah. Music is already hard enough. It is already so freaking hard to make a life and career out of music. It is so hard to make a life and career out of recording music professionally. Why make it, why, why drop this down on top of it, especially here in music city to make it even harder to next to near impossible. Yeah. You know, and, and like we said, music, the, the whole fabric of Nashville is um, home recording studios. It's at, it's at the core. This, that is the, the, the lifeblood of musical creativity in Nashville. That's the birthplace of music and independent records and, and the very essence of where music starts. I mean, if you're starting out on music, I mean, where else are you going to start than from home yeah. recording, working together, making music, and then, you know, hoping for 
a level of success that maybe allows you to take it to the next level right. where there's real budgets and there um and you're you know spending time in in I mean we have amazing commercial recording studios here too and yeah. and I have uh nothing but utter respect for all of them and and I think that they all go together. Yeah. I think it all works yeah. together. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I want to um <clears throat> if you have a little bit more time, I know it's like we're kind of f- coming up on what we had uh, a lot of kind of budgeted for this. Where'd but the time go, man? <laughs> I know. I know, dude. That's how they we were all, just getting started. I, dude, I'm, I'm considering lengthening uh, the episodes because I just always feel like there's, there's just more to talk about by the time we get to the end of the episode. But if you're okay with it, there's a few more things that I'd like to, um, we're gonna like, take. Are we going to take caller questions now? Yeah, right. Just call five one eight hundred five 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 five. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come in on the, on the modern recorders hotline. Um, but you know, so at this point, um, you know, you've done everything you can to comply and be compliant, right? And um, so it's not for you know where you are now. It's not for lack of trying. And I wanna, I want because there was more to the story, like how you 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 went through the process of you know you've you've um appeared before the authorities, right? Yeah. There's- so I spent all of last year applying for a SP rezoning of my property. So that was the first option that was available to me and the first thing that I needed to try doing to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went and applied for a rezoning that would have allowed my property to be mixed use. So it's residence, mm-hmm. mixed residential, commercial, but only commercial as a home recording studio. So it wouldn't have allowed any changes other than permission to be able to make a living yeah. from my home studio. Yeah. So that's all I was, I was very above ground trying to go through the, yeah. the, the normal, Metro City, uh, Nashville Metro Council process of getting permission to be able to right. make a living from my home. That involved going in front of the Metro Council multiple times over the year, the planning commission, the planning committee, all this process. Um, and I, I went around the neighborhood. I got uh, petition signatures from all my immediate neighbors, mm-hmm. all showing that they totally approved of it and they totally supported me and they wanted me to be able yeah. to do it. Um, 40 signatures on a petition. Um, 15 of the neighbors came out to the public hearing. We're talking about like coming out during rush hour traffic to downtown where yeah. you have to pay for parking to sit for potentially hours yeah. in a big hearing. 15 neighbors came yeah. out to do that to show that they're they're all behind it yeah. and, and they believe that it's okay for me, but at the, at the core, they also believe that it's this is an issue that's yeah. important for everybody. Right, right. Um, and then... Uh, you know, seven letters written into the the Metro Council sent to them, handwritten letters. And then uh, I think about 50 emails were sent into every single Metro Council member showing support. Despite this landslide of support from the neighborhood itself, the council still did not approve the rezoning. Wow. So that left me no other choice than to take it to the next step. Because I'm not just going to lay down and die over this. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is your livelihood. This is, you know... Yeah, this is what you... And if I did, too, I'd be giving up for everybody. Totally. You know? Yeah. So, so um, and I have uh, an incredible opportunity working with the Institute for Justice and the Beacon Center to be able to actually do something and, and affect some change. So the next step for me was to very publicly file a lawsuit mm. against the city of Nashville for infringing my constitutional rights as a homeowner and as a citizen of the United States to be able to make a living and support my family. Yeah. And when did you, when did that happen? When did you file that suit? That was last week. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, 5th, December okay. 5th. Okay. So that's, 
I don't even know how that works. I mean, that's in process or it's like, you mean you, when the well, you-, you know, it's a, obviously, um, we, we did it and we did it with some wonderful press. I mean, channel, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, NPR, um, the Tennessee wow. and all yep. came out and did articles and, okay. and, and, uh, did lots of publicity on this, um, which is great because yeah. it, that gets everybody aware of what's going on and yeah. gets the conversation started. Obviously as a legal process, it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's going to have to go through the the process that it takes. Yeah. So I think the next step is like, you know, the first quarter of 2018, something happens there and, and et cetera. And I'll leave it to my lawyers to, you know, to be the experts on the actual yeah. process of going right. through the court system. So when you file a lawsuit like this, what does that actually mean? Because when I think of lawsuits, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about somebody sues somebody else or some sort of financial something or another. But like, what's the mechanics of a lawsuit? of this nature. Well, the, the mechanics, um, and again, I'll leave it to my lawyers to be the experts on yeah. it, but the mechanics essentially say that I have a right to be able to, uh, make a living from my home. And if I win this, then the, the city's ability to say, you can't do that is, doesn't apply. It okay. just, it just goes away. And that would be, would that be something, would it require them to sort of like, would it, change the legislation or what did they now legislation this is litigation okay okay. so litigation is is the next option available to me yeah but i think that there is a good chance that legislation will either accompany or follow right and like i said already on this podcast nashville i love you but you need a kick in the ass yeah right because we you Nashville is us. Right. Yeah. Nashville is us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is the music community. It is those of us who have uh, either been born here and grown up here, like my daughter who was born in the house. Actually, literally, she was mm-hmm. born in the control room. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> of incredible. The, of the studio, yeah, that's you incredible. Know? Um, yeah. Because we had home birth. Yeah. Uh, or those of us like myself who came all the way across the country to be here. Yeah, to be here. Yeah. And to, to invest my life and career. And all everything, uh, you know, all my meager earnings over a career yeah. of doing this into my livelihood. Um, and that is that is all of us in Nashville is booming right. with people who are coming here because, you know, this is Music City. I mean, it's, you know, they call it Music City. Totally. And, and you know, you mentioned like the, the, the projects you've gotten to work on. You've been fortunate enough to, you know, recently win a Grammy and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that puts Nashville on the map because you're you're doing you're doing work that is, that is, uh, uh, acknowledged by, you know, your peers and people who are, who are legitimate rec- record makers, other artists, people like this. And it, it, it brings other people into Nashville. It makes other people aware Because anytime somebody, you know, wins a Grammy like that, uh, it it uh, it allows for sort of a publicity, and it puts it puts uh, uh, the place that that record was made in, you know, the city it was made in, the community that it was made in, all those things. It puts it in in it shines a, a positive light on it, right? True, and I, I don't have any illusions about my own, you know, huge, you know, singular contribution to everything. Uh, but I think as a community, yeah, I think the community makes. It is the huge contribution sure, that makes, yeah. makes music. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about like a Grammy and shining a big light on Nashville and everything. That's wonderful. But honestly, when I moved here, that had nothing to do with sure. it. Sure. Yeah. It was like, yeah. 
you know, it was my ability, the fact that, that there was this amazing learning opportunity yeah, here. Totally. And I think on a um, very realistic level too, you've got uh, word of mouth. Yeah. Somebody's here who's a musician, they're in a band and they're, they're um, creating great music and they're developing yeah. out of Nashville and some other, uh, you know, young person who's living in another city who's considering where should I go in life? And they see Nashville and they see this band that's yeah. from Nashville. They're like, man, the music scene is so great down there. Right. I want to move to Nashville. Yeah. Um, that's the beginning of 20 years of living totally. here and investing everything that they do, you know, and, and growing and, and really contributing. You, right. know, you multiply that times um, a whole community. And now you're, now you're talking about something that is really, really at the core of making all of Nashville work, all of music. City absolutely. Work. Yeah, absolutely. And totally. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, I think it was, uh, I believe maybe it was Thomas Edison that said something to the effect of like, the harder I work, the luckier I get or something right, like that. Right. So that's what it's really about. Right. You know, like nobody's, I mean, most of us and I can, you know, I, I know that you and I identify with the idea that's like, it's just, there's something, there's something, extremely fulfilling on a fundamental spiritual level to be able to participate in creating music with people. And it's not really about all the pomp and circumstance of winning this award or winning that award or whatever, you know, it, you know, but, but the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, you know, and that, that just props up, you know, it is, it is, you know, on an individual level, you know, every single person that, that, that works really hard and makes some sort of contribution, you know, the collective result is that it does prop up the community and yeah. it makes this place a land of that, that looks like, you know, uh, a land a place of, of hope, a place of hope, you yeah. know, and people, and, and I know like, I don't know the exact stats. I've heard a lot of different numbers that are thrown out that, that seem pretty absurd to me, but the idea it's like a thousand people a day, something, something like a thousand like people that. a day come in here, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of, opportunity here in a lot of different areas, not just in music, but just in a lot of different areas. But one of the most significant areas is in the area of music and the entertainment business, yeah. music, media, entertainment. It's a huge growing space here. You know, we've had that show Nashville has decided to, to, I don't know if they're, I guess Any they're still home in, studio uh, yeah. episodes in that one. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? This is like, there's so many where they feature that. That's a, such a uh, significant part of the story, you know, but uh, any case, I mean, you know, I mean, who, who wants to, you know, if you're a young person or if you're an older person or whoever, if you're thinking about Nashville as the place to go create music and do all this stuff, are you going to go do that and invest in it? If you feel like, um, you know, at the, at the end of this long, hard road of being persistent and staying in it, despite so many obstacles, you get to the end and they're like, yeah, sorry, you're not allowed to be here. Yeah, get a, right. Take a hike. I know. That just, just seems, seems, it seems un-American. It seems in, not human. Hey, you know? listen, um, you really, you're not allowed to make a uh, living from your home studio. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to just do a better option. Um, but I hear they're hiring down at Walmart, you know, or right. at Amazon yeah. or, or one of these, you know, big box stores. So uh, you'll do fine. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Go get a job at a place that's not a local business, and and it, I apologize too. That that I don't mean to imply that you know. Uh, obviously, we're all doing everything we can to survive, and there are all kinds of opportunities. But my point is, um, you know, in the music world, there, there one of the first opportunities and potentially only opportunities for many of us is to simply 
start figuring out how to record and create music yeah. with other people yeah. from our home yeah. studio. Totally. Period. Yeah. So cool, man. So um, we, we can get to where we can wrap it up, but I do want to ask, you know, you filed the suit and everything. You've gone, you, you've gone through the do the, the, the process, despite the fact that I don't feel like it doesn't seem as if you've gotten due process, you know, uh, what the, the law is supposed to do. You know, it was kind of like you just got this slap down, right? Yeah, With, studio smackdown. Totally. And no explanation, just boom, here's a letter. You are guilty. There's no, we heard this, is this true? There's no like sort of like due process. It's just like, boom, we're, we're coming for your head. Right. You're guilty. And you've gone through the, the due process on from your perspective to, to honestly go by like, how can I, you know, legally fix this and let's let's work it out you, you know you've been denied right through this entire process there's not really ever been any explanation provided to you right i mean they just said they said no like you went to you went to appeal and, and you had people on your behalf sign petitions and all this and they just flat out said no and they just denied it there's no explanation for that there's no yeah. well i mean the explanation is you're not allowed to do it so yeah I mean, what's there to talk about other than yeah you know, once I got through that first hump and, and it was sort of like, um, you know, the threat of if something happens, then you're in trouble again. Then it's, you know, but I, but I, in my conversation with them, I was like, okay, I will, you know, they, they had me remove videos from my website, take down my rates. I changed the wording on it to call it my home studio instead of, you know, yeah. a studio to, to yeah. make records from with yeah. other people. Um, she sh- made me shut down my YouTube channel. That's that's like that's like it, infringement of my my right to. I don't see how speak, they can. You know? I don't see how they can possibly do that. I mean that that's that's that was the 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 sort of for me in this point in which the story is like when I knew I had to have you on this show to talk about this because at that point I'm like whoa this is this is how is this not an abuse of power to so go on and say you here's what you can and cannot say on your website here's what you can and cannot say on your YouTube channel in fact you can't even have the YouTube channel you can't podcast. Well, that doesn't like that seems to fall outside of we're talking about whether or not you can run a business in your home. OK, and right. I get it. Let's if, if, if we're going to if 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 we got to argue that point. OK, cool. I can get with that. But the point at which you're going to extend into here's, you know, YouTube channels and podcasting and language on a website and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, sorry, like that's we that's not even negotiable. You can't talk right. to me about that. Right. You know? Like, that's insane. I just, I don't even know what else to say about that. Well, there's a big difference between feeling that way and talking about how indignant you would be hypothetically if it happened to you. Yeah. And having it actually happen to you when you're a single dad trying to feed your daughter every day and, you know, keep your home. Yeah. And, you know, forget thriving. I'm just, I was just trying to like survive it. Sure. Yeah. Totally. So, um, you know, when that actually happens to you, it is, it is, uh, you know, no fun. It, it oh, really I, sucks. Yeah. And um, the first thing I wanted to do was just get out of the crossfire of city code. So yeah. I'm on the phone. I'm doing what I can. I'm on the phone. I'm saying, yes, ma'am, I will do whatever I can and making changes and then laying low. Um, yeah. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. You know? And I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Right. I don't want other people to have to go through this. Yeah. Um, so if my, if my 
ability to make change for myself and um, can be the catalyst that can help make change for everybody in Nashville, then that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. That's awesome that you think that way, man. And that you, that you are, um, you're mindful of the community that it's, that it is fundamentally, you know, you in the middle of, I really admire that about you in the middle of this hardship, personal hardship for you, uh, um, you know, being able to, to provide for yourself and your family, be able to, uh, make a living for yourself, uh, and, and be able to figure out how you're going to, 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 get through this hardship that's happened, but still in the middle of all that, you're thinking about the community, the other people that are, that are, that are also affected by this. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just in your mind. Let me fix this situation for me. Let me fix this situation for everybody. You know what I mean? So family and friends. Yeah, man. That's awesome, man. That's That's the way the music community is. Totally. Yeah. It's totally admirable. Well, cool, man. I know uh, we probably got to wrap it up. Um, couple of quick things. So you filed this lawsuit. What's the next? Are you just kind of in a holding pattern now? Just I think of, I'm in a holding pattern at least through Christmas. You yeah, know what I mean? At right. least we get to, yeah. we get to chill for a second, yeah. but the best opportunity right now is to just keep the dialogue going. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much Absolutely. for having me on your show. Um, I've been able to be on some other shows as well, and I'm, I'm really excited about just getting the story out there, letting people know what's going on. If you're listening to this, if you feel um, compelled to uh, to help support this yourself, which the, the, the feedback that I've gotten has been an overwhelming flood of Killer. support from, yeah. from the community, both local and globally. Um, literally, like I can barely keep up with my emails. I, I'm getting emails every day from people who are, you know, feel very strongly about this, who are totally in support, Uh, Facebook comments, YouTube comments, every kind of, you know, comment and message you can think of. The best way to help right now is to like, comment, share, subscribe, you know, just make, make use of that social media stuff and keep sharing it because as you share this story, then it reaches somebody else. And also it just kind of helps the algorithms of social media work so that it keeps... It yeah. keeps staying on the forefront. Yeah. And it's that awareness of what's going on that is going to make the change. So yeah. I'm just here doing what I can to make this first move, but I can't do anything by myself. It's only yeah. through the community Absolutely. that the community can actually make a change yeah. for, for everybody. Absolutely, man. So on social media, where where are the places online, social media, specific sort of, where are these threads? Where do they exist? Yeah, so so uh, my name is Lidshaw, L-I-J-S-H-A-W. I'm sharing stuff personally on my, my personal Facebook page, but also the uh, Recording Studio Rockstars Facebook page and the Toy Box Studio Facebook page. Um, if you're on Twitter, RS Rockstars, or if you're on Instagram, RS Rockstars, uh, you'll find stuff there. And those Killer. are great places to comment and reach awesome. Cool. We'll get all that linked up in the show notes, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on such short notice. And uh, it was great to connect with you. You know, um, the ethos, the spirit of, you know, the modern age of recording, you know, it's totally it, man. And, um, and uh, yeah, man. I, however we can continue to support, however I can continue to support, you know, it's I sort of, in a way, um, you almost feel kind of helpless, but you know, it is important to, to speak out, to, uh, to, like you said, participate online. I'm going to go personally do that. 
and um, and then there's also your episode. What do you remember the title of the episode that that for your podcast that talks about this issue? It's the most recent one. Anyway, I'll link yeah, that yeah, up. I can in tell the you show. what it is. It's Nashville declares war on home studios. There question you go. Mark. There you go. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. But uh, cool, man. I uh, let's stay in touch about all this. And as it develops, maybe there's it'd be good to have you back on talk more about I'd it. Love Just, to, man continue to keep the dialogue alive about what the development around all this is yeah, but in any case man thanks so much man uh, you're, you're a real inspiration it was great to be able to, to meet you finally and have you on the show um, I really enjoyed talking to you and once again I really admire your your your, your uh, focus on not just getting this right for you but making sure that everybody in the Nashville community and music makers is taken care of so thanks so much man and uh, my pleasure John thanks for having me on the show dude um and thank you, all of you, for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope I can get through this, you know, for myself and for my daughter. And I hope we can all get through this for music at large. Awesome, man! Don't forget to check out MusicCoin.org. Yes, I'm telling you, I think it's super cool. Yeah, man. I want to see you spend the next ten to twenty years of your music career posting and sharing your music in a way that it that it's growing for you instead of, you know growing for Mark Zuckerberg but right Mark on. I love you if I ever meet you in person I'm gonna I'd probably admire the hell out of you <laughs> right on man awesome well alright till next time cheers cheers alright all you artistic visionaries and creative music makers there's another episode of the Modern Recordist for you thanks for hanging out week after week giving us a reason to produce these shows connect with other visionaries and allowing me to get to spend time doing something I enjoy getting to do. Hey, make sure you get subscribed and stay subscribed to The Modern Recordist. And you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher. So fire up your podcasting app of choice, search for The Modern Recordist, and click or tap the subscribe button there. While there, do make sure you leave a rating and review. Good and honest ratings and reviews glue others in to the value you're getting out of listening to The Modern Recordist and it helps us to continue to produce shows with awesome guests that you enjoy hearing from. Also, make sure you head over to our all-new website we launched in early October and sign up for the email list using any of the forms you will find all over the site. This way, we can keep you up on all the latest and greatest that has to do with The Modern Recordist and this includes tipping you off to any key episodes, that may be of particular interest to you, cluing you into recording techniques or songwriting tips or discussions on creativity, and giving you a heads up on some special things that we're aiming to put together in the near future. All right, let's see what other projects I can pile on top of everything. I'm already trying to get done through the holidays and end of the year. That's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create music that impacts the world.